On today's Locked On Texas podcast, Brandon K. Scott is joining the show along with Big Sarge. We are talking Texans as we preview the 2023 NFL season for this franchise. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you to all of our returning listeners. And if you are new to the Locked On Texan Podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I am your Texans football analyst, Johnson from Sports Kai Hickman. And of course, joining as always, your Texan B reporter, credential media member, and Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. Y'all already know us too, and y'all know the fellas at the bottom, but hmm. we definitely got to introduce them. Brandon K. Scott of Sports Radio 610, Big Sarge of the Big Sarge Podcast, and the Texan Wire. Thank you guys for, join- for joining the show so we can have some fun while we talk Texans. Yeah, man, I hey, look. I'm just glad to be here for the cookout. Glad to be here with you, brothers. Y'all know I've been out for a little bit, and so it's always good when you can congregate with the fellas, talk a little football. So I'm looking forward to it, man. We just got just got our first college football weekend, got a little bit of it in our veins, injected into our veins, so I'm ready for this pro thing to start. Hey, Sarge, before, I, before you do your intro, I want to ask you this really quick. How good was it? To enjoy college football without analyzing every quarterback who took a snap on Saturday. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Man, look, I was so happy just to be able to watch football. I'm just like, okay, finally, we could just watch football. Mm-hmm. You know, but I will say this though, Cody. I will say this. I wasn't looking at quarterbacks. But I damn sure was looking at wide receivers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. That's definitely going to be a position. I want to say come week four, maybe week five, we will start um, really diving into that position group because, look, we're we going to get into that later on in the show, but that's definitely going to be a need for this organization. However, there's a reason why we did not pay attention to the quarterbacks on Saturday, and that is because, as everybody knows, the Houston Texans did draft C.J. Stroud with the number two overall pick. Sarge had it first breaking the news by stating that CJ Stroud will start Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. So, Sarge, I'm going to start off with you. You know, how was it over these last couple of months, ever since all of us here on this screen has been watching CJ Stroud grow from rookie minicamp all the way to where he is today, a couple of days from his official NFL debut? Well, looking at C.J. Stroud, he's a young man that I like, and I can tell why so many coaches like him from high school to college to the to the NFL. Now, I can tell why so many uh, coaches like him because he is a very mature young man. He's a very hard worker. You can tell by just the camaraderie in the locker room how many of those veterans and even those young players flock to him, and they're looking forward to him leading them towards the future and meaning you know afc south titles you know maybe a a birth in the afc championship game in the in the future but i like what i've seen from from cj stroud and um 
You know, I've said it on multiple occasions. Uh, Cody, I've heard you say it on Locked on Texas podcast on multiple occasions about this young man is one of those guys who never makes the same mistake twice. I know mm-hmm. we sound like a broken record when we say that, but this is a young man who doesn't make the same mistake twice, recognizes his mistakes that he makes as soon as he makes them. And so when you have a rookie quarterback like that, when you have a player like that who is constantly striving to get better at every point in turn, always just wants to get better, then you have someone that this franchise has been looking forward to since, and I will say it, I know that this is a forbidden name in the city of Houston, but since Deshaun Watson, when Deshaun Watson first was drafted by the Houston Texans, the same amount of energy that those players in the locker room push towards him is the same amount of energy that CJ Stroud is getting. And so with that being said, he said after the new Orleans saints preseason game, that the one thing that he wanted to do that, I mean, I'm sorry. The one thing that he was so proud of is that he won over the locker room. Laramie Tulsa was on a podcast and he said, Hey man, we trust this guy. This is the guy that's going to lead us into the future. And so with that being said, those off the field things, and now with those on field, Cody, you said it best last week on the Texas tailgate talk that, you know, this is going to be his first game. And so as his first game, you know, you can't get, you know, you, you cannot analyze everything, even though we live in a microwave society. When when I grew up in an oven society, you know, when I grew up look, back in my day, you used to have to wait on the food. Now you could just throw it in the air fryer and put it on 12 seconds and it's done. So with that being said, I just want this young man to be able to have the time to develop and mature on the field as much as he's done off the field. And I think that, you know, the Texans drafted a good one. I want to ask this question to Brandon K. Scott. First and foremost, man, it's good to have you back. Yeah, appreciate Let's it. Let's look at C.J. Stroud, right? Uh, like, so Sarge said everything about C.J. off the field. By the way, he is a team captain. So let's look at that. Let's look at the Texans being one of the worst third-down teams last year. Let's look at the Texans being one of the worst red zone teams last year. Let's look at the Texans being one of the worst points-per-game offensively teams last year. The season outlook overall for C.J. Stroud, what does his impact look like to this offense? Already a team captain, and now you want to just see what can he do on the field because we know what he has done in that locker room. How do you see C.J. Stroud transcending this offense in year one? Like, I don't think that it could be overstated. And I'm so glad to be back at a point where, like, all of the – some of the minutiae that we were dealing with. And again, really mostly y'all were dealing with after I kind of took my little leave there with my situation. All of this talk about the quarterback competition. And I know we had to entertain it because it was something that the team was entertaining. They were on purpose, not naming a starter, which kept the conversation alive. You know, they had a plan and an idea for what they wanted to do. But my point since the beginning, since they drafted this guy was that they drafted him for a reason, for a very clear reason and stated purpose. And the only thing that was going to derail that, the only thing that was going to make that not come to fruition, like on time, as in as a rookie, was if he legitimately was not ready. It was not going to be about another quarterback on the team outperforming him because the other quarterbacks on the team are experienced. The other quarterbacks on the team have played in NFL games, have gone through training camps, have done all of this. So naturally they were going to look better in, practice situations they were going to look better perhaps even in some preseason games in some kind of context but 
can you evaluate C.J. Stroud in a vacuum as an individual quarterback? And that's what I've tried to do constantly, not try to measure him up against Davis Mills or Case Keenum or, or even the other rookie, his other rookie peers, Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson, because this was solely about, with the as far as the Texans are concerned, C.J. Stroud and his individual readiness. And to Sarge's point, I would just echo everything that Sarge said as far as about being impressed about the guy. But I would say, like, when you ask about his impact, just cut on the tape, go look at the game, and, and go watch how special he is at placing the ball, his accuracy, his ability to uh, to, hit, to hit the open guy and even throw. Like, there was a lot of conversation about, I remember this, you know, the Ohio State quarterbacks, they had the best wide receivers. What's it going to look like when he does it? Well, you see that some of those best wide receivers were also benefiting from having an accurate quarterback. So, like, everybody was making each other look good. And so C.J. Stroud is going to do a lot of that. We're, we're looking, and we got some early signs, okay, already from preseason action that the Texans receivers might not be the best. And I think we knew this going in. Uh, is, is why we're looking at receivers when we're watching the college games. But we got some early signs and indications that the separation – that we're going to see from the Texas wide receivers is not going to be anything like what we used to see in Ohio State. But the C.J. Stroud still has that elite accuracy, ball placement, can do it at all three levels, the short game, the intermediate, the deep ball. Like, I think it's just going to be a tremendous impact because the last couple of years, Sarge mentioned Deshaun Watson, but I would point to the time since then, there just has not been a reliable option there. And so I expect him to be that right away is he gonna struggle is he gonna have moments that are not great absolutely but i think this is an early indication that you're gonna have somebody that you can believe in hey john before before we uh before y'all move on can i say this real quick how different do you think that davis mills would have been if he would have actually took his recruiting visit to fam you and <laughs> took their offer you, did you know that i found that out today that davis mills had an offer from FAMU, Florida A&M University. And he said, I didn't even take the visit. I said, you should have. It would have changed your whole life. His whole I life. He has, no, he has no idea. I don't know if Davis Mills would have made it to the league, but I think he would have been one of those cool assistant coaches with a taper fade cut. <laughs> and back the lingo from the state that he's in. in the and so uh, – he, he probably would have been a, a player's coach. They called uh, us Jits. All of us Jits. What's yeah. up, Jits? That's what, he, that's what he would have did. He, he wouldn't have made it to the league, but he would have been a cool guy to play for. Yeah. Hey, is it my, – my bad. Is it is it inappropriate to suspect that maybe his social life entirely, like everybody in his life, from, like he would be so different? Like, I, like you know, Davis Mills got engaged over the – Either engaged or married over the offseason. Shout out to Mills. And I, man, shout out to him. Congratulations to the Mills family. Looking forward to, uh, you know, best wishes to them. But I feel like the, you know, the life might have looked a little different. Yeah, might have looked he, a little he, different. He, he, he going he, to you know what? To put it like this, Davis Mills would have probably been best friends with Travis Kelsey if he would have went to family. Mm-hmm. And had a grill. Like, he'd have had a grill. At y'all least. don't make sure y'all don't go nowhere as we look at the season outlook for the number three overall pick. Will Anderson Jr. and how he can impact this Texas defense. Football season kicks off this Thursday, and there's no better way to get in on the action than with Underdog Fantasies and their Pick'em game. 
Just pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do when you spend your day watching football. Just watch the game. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. It's legal in over 30 states, and most importantly, it's a ton of fun. If you want to build your dream team today, head over to their easy-to-use mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code Locked On, not only will you get the underdog double on your first deposit up to $100, but they'll also have a Pick'em special live now in their Pick'em lobby. Patrick Mahomes, all he needs to do for you to hit on him is to get one yard for your pick to be correct. Remember, that's Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with promo code Locked On. Use the link in the description or scan the QR code if you're watching us live on YouTube. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and fans out there. Texan fans, thank you guys for coming to te- talk Texans on this Tuesday. Big Sarge. Yes, sir. You have been around this franchise. You have seen J.J. Watt impact this defense. Do you feel the number three overall pick who Houston traded up for can have that same impact for this defense under D'Amico Ryans? Well, John, you know, because I am one who will stand ten toes down on what I say. You know I am one who will stand ten toes down on all my takes. And you know that any take that I make, I believe in. It's not a hot take. I don't need clicks. I don't need likes. I don't get paid by either one. So let me go on record by saying this. I feel like Will Anderson Jr. will go down as one of the best, if not the best. I feel like he's going to be better than J.J. Watt. And the reason why I say he's going to be better than J.J. Watt is because, and I, I know a lot of people get mad at me every time I say this, but Playing that position requires more than just rushing the passer. And although J.J. Watt did it very, very well, there was times when the Houston Texans were put in very bad positions because J.J. Watt was out of position rushing up the field, trying to get to the quarterback. I don't even – sometimes J.J. Watt didn't even go to the huddle. So with that being said, the way I watch Will Anderson Jr. play, the way that I see him have lane assignment, gap assignment, he's watching – Everything that he's doing, sometimes he doesn't have to get to the quarterback. All he has to do is cause some confusion. Sometimes his job is to pull the tackle and the guard together so that maybe the linebacker can slip through. Like him playing that position is more than just an edge rusher rushing trying to get the quarterback. He actually plays that position in a totally different way. And I know I see the way everybody so you at is, is I there know. multiple defensive player of the year awards. In Will Anderson Jr.'s future. Yes. I, I, I'm standing 10 toes down on that. Yes, because I'm looking at a young man who, one, wants to get better, can play the position. We've seen him be able to play that position. Because remember now, J.J. Watt didn't come out of college as Harold as Will Anderson Jr. did. And Will Anderson Jr. wasn't just playing against any of these guys who, you know, that's going to be sackers. At, at Randall's or uh, Kroger, uh, you know, Cody's favorite store. But I mean, the, if I'm not mistaken, did was he at what was he the SEC defensive player of the year? Yes, he was. Huh. Did he make all SEC? 
Yes, he did. Nearly 20 so, sacks in one season. So does that remind you of somebody else? It reminds me of a guy. Oh, yeah, Von Miller. Do you think Von Miller is very good? I think Von Miller is a Hall of Famer. First ballot, if you ask me. So, I mean, if Von Miller has had that type of career, he does not. Of course, he does not have the three defensive player of the year awards like J.J. does. But if you look at Von Miller and you look at J.J. Watt, they are two totally different players. And to me, Von Miller plays that position way better than J.J. Watt does. And Will Anderson Jr. is going to follow in that same Von Miller footstep. B. Scott, you've wait been around. Minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I, hey, listen, I'm here for it. You know, I, I, I just want to say this. Okay. Thank you. Because you have just given us the take of the decade? <laughs> I don't want to say the next 10 years myself. I, 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 I mean, after week one, after week seven, after week 17, we can bring this back up. And you know what? Not not as rookie year. We can't. Did, did J, J.J. Watt was defensive rookie of the year? No, was, but his second no. year he was. Oh, you said defensive rookie of the year. I, I don't rookie remember. I don't year. remember. Then, he, but, then the next year he won defensive player. Yeah, year. I know. The second year he won defensive year. After that, he was. You know, I, I I think we have. We this may break the Texans internet. So <laughs> for that, and Big Sar Sports with the Z at the end on the app formerly known as Twitter. Oh my God! Please write a story on that. Please stop. <laughs> B. Scott, you've been around this team just as long as Sarge has. And I'm not about to turn this to a will Will Anderson Jr. be the next or better than J.J. Wachtabay. But what I do want to ask you is this. What do you think, Will Anderson, since Sarge gave his take, what do you think Anderson's ceiling could be at least for his rookie season? Because as Sarge and John just say, you know, J.J. was a guy who is, you know, he, he he won defensive rookie of the year. And it's like, I, I think Will Anderson might be that first person in this franchise history to kind of like see if he can live up to or surpass the legacy of J.J. Watt. And you talking about somebody who is who is one of, if not the greatest franchise player in this team's history. Yeah, man, I, I respect Sarge's conviction. And, and, and he not he's not lying when you say like, I don't care what you think about what he's saying. If he said, he believed it. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So we, we know about that. <laughs> so we, I, I respect the conviction. I'm personally not ready to put Will Anderson in a conversation with J.J. Watt or Von Miller, even though I do think, and I would agree with Sarge, that player-to-player type profile comparison type is a much more easier and obvious comparison to Von Miller stylistically in terms of what he could be. But, like, J.J. Watt is one of the best non-quarterback football players that I've ever seen in my at life. His like, peak. At like his at, peak. At his, at his very best. Like, we didn't we didn't get to see enough of it. But, but I mean, it, it was – and Sarge is also right about a lot of that, like, gap integrity stuff that was lacking. But it was because of how special he was. Like, there are certain players that do things, and there, and there are critiques that you're going to have on certain players. They're going to do things that other players are not advised to do because they are special. So I, I would just make that point that J.J. Watt went against the grain or pushed the envelope a little bit, I think, because 
he knew what kind of special player he was. And and could some of it have been selfishness and ego on top of it? Absolutely. But I think there was also a level of, and, and so I think I think Sarge could really respect this because it's a little bit of him. And it's like, hey man, I'm me, I'm him, mm-hmm. I'm that guy. So I'm gonna do things a little bit differently. I'm not gonna do things the cookie cutter standard the way everybody said I'm supposed to do them. I'm gonna do them my way. And so I and so I actually see a little bit of Sarge. Uh, it JJ White in that in that regard because it's like, hey man, I'm different. I'm gonna be different. So, but but in terms of Will Anderson though, like I think the way I would position him or characterize him the way, I, and I've said this, and this is I think timely with our conversation about CJ Stroud. We obviously know what's going on with Kenyon Green, last year's 15th overall pick, first round pick for the Texans, um, the first pick in the Deshaun Watson trade, right? The first pick that they actually made. You start talking about Nick Asirio's first round draft picks. He's made four now, right? Two in two years, or I'm sorry, two a piece in each year, right? So four over the last couple of years. To me, Will Anderson is the closest to the sure thing. He is mm-hmm. the he, he is the surest of things of the draft picks that Nick Asirio has made, period, but particularly in that first round. And I say that as a huge Derek Stingley Jr. fan. I think that he's the next surest of things and pretty close to a sure thing the issue with him is obviously the health stuff right mm-hmm. and he's got he's got an answer for that and i'm rooting for him to do that this year but in terms of work ethic skill uh, accomplishment pedigree coachability all of those things like will anderson i would say like literally checks off every box I would say Will Anderson and D'Amico Ryans are alike from the standpoint of it's hard to see it's hard to see either one of these guys fail at anything they give they 110 percent toward, and they're the type of cats that's gonna give they 110 percent toward whatever it is they gonna do. It seems like they either gonna do it or don't, right? So if they gonna do it, you are gonna get all of them. And Will Anderson has the ability on top of the work ethic. I think you've seen that. I would have liked to have seen a little bit. I know we saw flashes during the preseason. I would have liked to have seen even more. If there was anything I was maybe disappointed about, it was that we just didn't get to see. We just got a little bit of taste of it. We didn't get to see enough of it, I thought. But Will Anderson, I would be shocked if he's not a double-digit sack guy, at least contending to be a double-digit sack guy immediately and then throughout the duration of his career as long as he's healthy. John, I want to fact check myself. Uh, Von Miller actually won Defensive Rookie of the Year 2011. Oh wow! And wait, and how many sacks did JJ Watt have his rookie year? I think five ten and, and a half. half. Five and five a half. and a half. It was five and a half. We talked about CJ Stroud. We just got into a little conversation about Will Anderson. Now we're going to look at the rest of the 2023 Texans draft class. <laughs> Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. If you need an undervalued running back to help you give your fantasy football team a smoother ride in 2023, then you should pick Chiefs second-year man Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco is a coaching staff favorite with his power running that quickly earned him a roster spot. The Chiefs also 
saw he could reel off big runs and be a real asset as a receiver when given the targets. Expect Pacheco to have a shot at getting a lot of these scoring opportunities, playing with Patrick Mahomes. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, tail lights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. For parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, at the right price at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Motor, eBay Guarantee Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. We are back in the full swing of things for this NFL season. The Locked On Ultimate NFL Season Preview is here. The seven-episode extravaganza brings opinions, analysts, and plenty of debate from all 32 of our Locked On NFL hosts with added insight from our national experts. It's a can't-miss series before the season kicks off this Thursday. Catch every episode on Locked On NFL, on YouTube, of Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. We spent the last two segments talking about CJ, talking about Will Anderson Jr. Now, and B. Scott, I'm going to start off with you. I want to dive in and look at some of the other rookies, and I want to ask you right off the bat, man. We know CJ, Will Anderson, there's a lot of pressure on both of their shoulders as they enter their first game, um, as they enter the official start of their rookie season. However, who do you think, outside of those two could be the most important rookie and how much do you think that's going to build up into the Texans success for this upcoming season? Yeah, man. Importance. I would go long-term just based off of what we've seen so far. I would say short-term and long-term I'd have to say tank Dell. Mm-hmm. Like that just seems like the obvious answer he seems to be their clear and obvious most dangerous weapon. The one guy that I would say is different, you know, like they, they got a lot of receivers, but they don't have a lot of guys I feel like that are like different that could like distinguish themselves amongst another group of receivers. Right. Like Nico Collins is a big body receiver and has some talent, but there are big body receivers that are talented across the league. You know, it's not like he, it's not like you can't, there are no other Nico Collinses in the NFL per se. And that's not a knock on him. He's a talented guy. He's just not really different. Tank mm-hmm. Dell seems like he could be that. And, and that's his, you know, size thing aside, right? Like the, the fact that he's five, eight, five, nine, whatever he is, 160 pounds, and that he's doing it at that size is like somewhat of an anomaly and special to look at. But like, I'm just talking about in a vacuum, what kind of talent he is regardless of his size, I think he has a chance to distinguish himself. So I'm going to go with Tank Dell as my answer, but I would throw this as a caveat. You talked about importance, so your question was about importance. Man, 
Mike Juice Scruggs and some combination of Juice Scruggs and Jared Patterson really be the actual answer to this question? I think like, Juice Scruggs is a, is, a, mm. is, a, is, is a lot for me. I mean, I know Tank Dale, but and I apologize for cutting you off, but no, it's cool. Juice Scruggs, I was doubtful of how ready he was, and yeah. then I shut up. Then he shut me up. Yeah, he shut well, me up, and so well, yeah, Sarge. Well, I, I know why Sarge is laughing, but he shut me up, and I'm glad he shut me up. But Houston hasn't had a center like this you. since when? Yeah, but but I, I would say even before that, man, I would say ready or not, John. Once once Scott Quesenberry and we were out there. I'm pretty sure Cody, you uh, you you myself and Sarge were all out there when this happened. Uh, when Scott Quesenberry went down, what I believe it was ACL and the MCL that he mm-hmm. ended up in that. And yo, once that happened, it almost didn't matter. You asked the most impactful or the most like. Like even if he was bad, that would be that would be a problem. Like whatever whatever he ends up being, good or bad, it's not like you could hide him or like you could kind of have him as be the guy in training or in waiting. You need him to step up immediately. And now, and this is the reason why I kind of went in tandem with Juice and Jared Patterson, because the same thing has kind of come up now with Kenyon Green, with him being on the injured reserve. I can't tell you right now for sure. How much, and of course, Drew Scruggs has the hamstring injury for right now, but those guys are going to factor into what the Texans do this year. I can't tell you how great they're going to be. I can't tell you good or bad, but are they going to need those guys? Are are those going to be guys that show up? Could those be guys that they have to rely on? I think that that may be the case. I think they might be expecting more from those two than they were originally before sort, sort of the health catastrophe with Scott Quisenberry going down and Kenyon Green situation. So I'm going with Tank Dell, but I'm putting a pin in this Juice Scruggs, Jared Patterson situation and seeing, like, how much are they going to actually need those guys? To flip to the defensive side of the ball and, and, and Sarge, you had an opportunity to speak with this young man's father, to speak with this young man, uh, rookie linebacker, linebacker out of Alabama, uh, Henry Toto. Toa Toa. Toa Toa, excuse me for mispronouncing. Um, he's a guy that I think is in Houston's future plans in terms of impact. How are you evaluating him right now, a part of this draft class? Well, before I before I speak really quick on um, before I speak on Henry Toa Toa, can I can I ask one question when we're talking about rookies? Are we considering John Mechie a rookie or a no? I, I do. So I go I'm, off I'm, the NBA in, in his sense. I go off the NBA. Yeah. Okay. And I'm only asking because I, I would have, you know, I, I'm just looking at the impact that he's going to make once he can actually get on the field on a consistent basis. But you asked me about Henry Toa Toa, and just like what we said about uh, what, what I said about C.J. Stroud earlier, another young man who learns on the fly, learns quickly and wants to learn, wants more knowledge. You see him uh, on the practice field, even you know, even to this day, even after training camp, he's always somebody that's trying to pick the minds of veteran players, of defensive coordinator Matt Burke, uh, and especially, especially D'Amico Ryans. And see, I, I like it because not only do they have that connection of playing at Alabama, and, you know, I'm not going to even lie, that road tie gets on my nerves sometimes, but... <laughs> Not only do they have that connection of playing at Alabama, they play the same position. And Coach Ryans has admittedly saying that he sees a lot of 
himself in Henry Toa Toa. The way that he plays, the, the 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 with the amount of energy that he plays with, with the way that he learns the game, with the way that he reads and recognizes the game. Now, one thing that he's going to have to learn, and I'm hoping that the defensive coordinators don't expose him on this in his rookie year. Is it angles? It's pass coverage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, and, and but I do understand what you what, what you mean by that, John, because sometimes he is over aggressive. Sometimes he can be a bit over aggressive, but what Even I in pass like, coverage. Yeah. But what I like about that over aggressiveness is he's still in the area where the ball is. He's not out of the play. I mean, you know, we can talk about a former linebacker who couldn't tell where the ball was. He was just going with the flow of traffic. Is that kind of him? No, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirkson. Oh. Or Combo no Hill. Yeah. He, he had no clue where the ball was. He was just going with the flow of traffic. Henry Toa finds the ball, recognizes the ball, and gets to the ball. And, of course, like I said, he's still a rookie. He's going to make those type of mistakes of being over-aggressive. But I like the fact that he's always in the right place at the right time, and he's definitely uh, soaking up all of that energy that's coming from those veteran players. I mean, you think about it. Denzel Perryman is one of those guys who <laughs> – He's one of those guys where you like, you never know what Denzel is going to say. You never know how he's going to act. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he say he caught an interception and just started laughing? He was laughing in his helmet. Right. <laughs> right. In one training camp practice, I seen him. Uh, he had an interception, and he could have had two, but he went for the tackle instead of going for the interception. And him and Matt Burke are going back and forth, not, you know, aggressively towards each other. But he's like, I like to hit, Coach. And Coach say, but I like turnovers. And so he's one of those guys you never know what you're going to get from him. I preface that to say that when he's talking to Henry Toa Toa, it's none of that. It's straight business. Hey, look, hey, this is where I need you to be. This is what I need you to do. I think, um, Cody, if if you remember one of the training camp practices before it was over, right before it ended, Denzel Perryman had Henry Toto on the sideline showing him different types of things as far as what he's supposed to do, his reads, and his assignments. So I, I'm looking forward to it, John. I think that he's another guy like Will Anderson Jr. that's going to be very good for this Houston Texans franchise. Mm, can, I, can, can, I, can, I, can I just say – uh, and this this might be my hot take about the linebackers, man. Because I'm not doubting it, and I think it's going to be there. And this goes for Henry Tortoy, and I throw Christian Harris in this as well. Like I love what they did at Alabama. I love the pedigree. I like what I hear from them. I like what I hear about them. But I'm gonna say I'm just gonna be honest, man. I haven't really seen it yet. Thank you. I haven't. I haven't. Like I, I have not. I've not seen. Wait. Let's, I, I've, I've seen good. I've ooh. seen. I've, I've actually seen signs of and everything that Sarge just mentioned. But have I have I seen like the flash plays or the moments that make me think, yeah, man, that's just going to be amazing. No, I'm 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 excited about it, but I'm still in wait and see mode on these linebackers. Christian Harris, so the Patriots Henry game Toto. didn't show you nothing from Henry Toto. If you go back and you look at that Patriots game, he made he flashed a lot. And Christian Harris was out half of the season last year, right, Cody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when he came in, when he came into, when he finally got a chance to play, was he was impactful? Yeah, he, he, he was balling. Thank you. First game was in my, against Miami. Let's yeah, do you y'all, y'all do me a favor. This is a mix. This is a mixed film. Go back and look at that. Some of that. That's a mixed film in there too. <laughs> yeah. Do me a favor. Let's save that conversation because I think it's important to talk about that linebacker group in its totality. Because I also feel a certain way about 
one of my favorite players on this roster, the running back room. So tomorrow we can do a little hot, look, get a little bit more hotter with these takes. Oh, Thank y'all for joining today's episode of the Life on Texas podcast. B. Scott, welcome back. Big Sarge, welcome back. Before we leave out, can you guys let everybody know where they can find your information on social? No, you go first, B. Scott. Yeah, man. I'm, look, at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter, at B. Scott from Hiram Clark on Instagram. I'm slowly getting my way back into the into the groove. And so you can find me there uh, on social media. I'm back into back onto your timelines, Texans, Twitter. Uh, I'll be at the games. Glad to be back, man. I appreciate really all the support, all the outpouring of love really from everybody. I haven't really this might be the first time I've actually talked publicly uh, since we had a suffered a tremendous loss in our family. Um, and just for everybody that's been good to me when you didn't have to be. Um, I appreciate that, man. And uh, let, let look, let's enjoy this Texan season, man. Let's enjoy life. Enjoy your people. Hug somebody. It's not that serious. Let's have fun. So uh, that that's what you'll be able to find at Brandon K. Scott if you, uh, if you come holler. At and you can find me at Big Star Sports with the Z at the end on the app formerly known as Twitter, which is X, and on Instagram. You can follow me on the Tick and the Talk at Big Sarge Media. You can also subscribe to the Texans Tailgate Talk, and I would advise you to subscribe to the Texans Tailgate Talk on YouTube at Big Sarge Media. I got a huge guest coming up for y'all. Side note, really quick, make sure you guys give Big Sarge a follow on TikTok. You're going to love the content. And I also want to take just a quick second to say the original content that's been coming out produced by Big Sarge is something that you you got to applaud. It's all original. It's all fresh. It's off the top of the head. Not off the top of the head, but it's a new idea. So shout out to Big Sarge. I love Thank everything you, that he, he got going on. Make sure y'all give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Texas Talk, Users Talk. We're just talking on Twitter. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun year to cover this franchise. Hmm. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Um, I do want to say this. I hope it's a fun year because ever since I've been around the Rockets and the Texans, it's been nothing but a rebuild. And I'm starting to think that I'm the bad luck. So uh, hopefully that can finally change. But until next time, this is part one of our season preview. Wakanda forever. We will be back on tomorrow. Peace.